Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast with Tony Maradero. 55 seconds left in the penalty, a minute and 27 seconds left in regulation time. Boston 4, Montreal 3. Lafleur coming out rather gingerly on the right side. He gives it into Lemaire, back to Lafleur. Oh! The sickest Montreal Canadiens podcast. <laughs> You're in the ball! Sports entertainment like no other. Rejoint, on lui fait perdre la rondelle une passe devant. Et c'est la You found the dogs! John, you found the dogs! He found the dogs! And all together they worked the young team to the top. And now a 24th Stanley Cup banner will hang from the rafters of the famous forum in Montreal. The Canadians win the Stanley Cup. Brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Driven to be different. La TV. Embrace your true nature. And Playground. Your premier gaming destination. It's going to be sick. Marinero, the Sick Podcast, on this Thursday, August 10. And the Sick Podcast brought to you in part by Playground, open 24-7. Drinks are always free while you play over 600 machines. Daily promotions, including Bust the Bank Pirate Edition, with a $100,000 weekly top prize every Sunday, and a $1 million top prize at the grand finale on September 10, located just over the Mercy Bridge, only minutes from downtown Montreal Playground. Also brought to you in part by La Bit et TB, brewed in Quebec, a winner of a dozen international awards. La Bit et TB offers quality microbrewery beers made with premium ingredients for everyone's taste. La Bit et TB, embrace your true nature. And brought to you in part by Energy Transportation Group, a leading full-service logistics provider serving all of North America. They are driven to be different. That's right. Speaking of different, me, Grant McCagg, Simo the Snake Boisvert, Grant McCagg of Recruits and Recruits.ca. Welcome to the Sick Podcast. I'm Marinaro, and also want to let you know if you've been, you know, hiding under a rock or you just came back from planet Mars. Grant is co-hosting the Sick Recruits Draftcast. Already has one under his belt with Shane Gomo and a second to drop, I would imagine, any day now. Grant, how you doing, bud? Hey, thanks for the plug, Tony. You're very welcome. You're very welcome. The more money you make, hoping, hoping I get a commission. All right, okay. And uh, <laughs> we'll also bring in... Long-time scout, consultant, guru, someone who drives people crazy because there was going to be too much sanity in the room. You understand? If it was going to be just me and Grant, we bring in a guy I call Userpent, Simo, the Snake Boisvert. How, How are, are you guys? You? Very good. You know Userpent? Userpent. You ever heard of Userpent? Yeah, it's a snake. That's right. It's a snake. It's a, yeah. a, a, a snake in Italian. Userpent. Yeah, it's pretty. Yeah, it's like it's almost like the same uh, word in French. In French, c'est un serpent en français. Yeah, un serpent. See, the French, Italian. That's why they embraced me and got chez nous. Where there's a serpent, will you? All right, guys, guys, guys. I'm gonna lose my mind here because the more I stay home, the more time I have to myself. 
I end up relaxing on my sofa or on my bed or, 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 you know, on a chair outside or in my spa. And the more I relax, the more I see videos, hockey videos, even though it's August 10th, there's hockey videos. And, and in the last couple of days here, I'm seeing videos of Matvey Michkov one after another. Grant, you who knows absolutely every single game, competition, tournament, all-star game, skills competition, everything going on in the world. What's been going on over the past couple of days here with uh, with Michkov and Shka? Uh He's been putting up points. He's been playing with uh, Demidov, who is uh, the best Russian prospect since Ovechkin. And uh, they're uh, they're finding some chemistry together. The best Russian prospect since Ovechkin. Hold on a second. I thought the best Russian prospect since Ovechkin is Michkov. Oh no, this kid's uh, this kid's going to be better better player uh, NHL player than than Michkov. I think. Wow, you uh, you you, you kind of shocked me tonight. <laughs> that says right there. Yeah, no, I know. That it was the title right. of our. I guess you didn't see our, our. You obviously didn't see our first draft cast. Yeah, you, you know, as a matter of fact, I did to tell you the truth. But I oh, still okay. have to like I'm shocked, okay? Because we have to give it a flair of the dramatic over here on the okay. show. But but hold on okay. a second. Hold on a second. Snake, you hear Demidov better than Michkov. You think what? I think that I neither agree nor disagree. I want to see what this guy does in his 17-year-old uh, draft year. Fair so enough. for now, I'm I'm not committing to any oh, of the two. Oh, this is great! I I get you yeah. on so that we can, <laughs> so that we can go tonight, right? This oh, guy, this guy, Graham McCag says that he thinks that Demidov is better than Michkov. When I had heard that Michkov was one of the best generational talents, and in the last 15 years, the only guys that were probably better that were drafted were probably Connor McDavid, and then Connor Bedard, and then Michkov is in the next category, and he's next. And this, you would have had him second in your pool. I get, I'm paying you five thousand dollars tonight, and you're coming on and you're saying, oh, "I neither agree or disagree." Can I have my money back? And yellow, Sammy. Stop the presses here. Have you guys sent the e-transfer already? Because if you haven't, stop now. And if you have, call the bank. Call the bank. <laughs> well, he is a bit in the dark. He is in the dark tonight, so. What's yeah. wrong? You lost uh, power? I lost power. Uh, I'm, I'm working from the phone right now. Hopefully, oh, really? you have enough battery power to last the whole podcast. Well, what do you want? Uh, you live you live in the woods. Your nearest neighbor is a, is a, is a, is a cow. What do you, what do you want? Yeah, well, there you go. You know, this is yeah. what's going to happen. Where are you living again now? I've been to be to Miskaming. Where are you exactly? Eastern Townships, but uh, oh, Eastern tonight, Town- Eastern yeah, Town- but Townships tonight I'm in Laval, so that's why I don't have power because there were lots of thunderstorms in Montreal. Oh, tonight. Oh, oh, I know who lives in Laval. Mm-hmm. So let's move on to hockey now. Anne Marie, Anne Marie, Anne Marie. Comment vas-tu, la belle Anne Marie? There we go, eh? Let's move on to hockey now. Hot date tonight or what? Hot date or what? No, it's a it's a it's a quiet evening. It's a quiet evening. Yeah, yeah. What are you doing? What are you doing talking to Grant and I if you have a date with Anne Marie tonight? What are you what are you doing here? Well, there's no power. <laughs> what are we gonna do? Well you get paid five thousand dollars. I mean do you, want me, do you want me to draw it out for you? Yeah. <laughs> do you need a light? 
to, to do the act or what? Do you need yeah. a light? Yeah. Do you, do you need a flashlight? I do. Actually, you need to... I do. No, yeah. these are things that they just happen naturally. It's as you, if, if you're so used to actually doing it, it just should happen with no problem. You, you want me to draw it out for you or what? You want me to draw it? Okay, they, 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 this is a family uh, It's a family show. Well, then again, yeah. we do start yeah. at 10 o'clock at night, and by 10.30, <laughs> most people are in bed, so we'll probably revisit this conversation in about 20 minutes. No, but Grant, what was it? It's it's a It was a three-on-three tournament? Is that uh, the images that I saw? Oh, you may have seen overtime or whatever, but uh, uh, no. Okay. It was, uh, ex- like, I don't know, they call them friendly games, I think. Okay. Against other uh, KHL teams, and then he also played against an under twenty-three team, a Russian under twenty-three team. Okay. Which you know should probably have had Demidov and Michkov on it, but since they were playing for SKA, and it, you know they're getting they're getting a look at these guys uh, in. Uh, you know, in the exhibition season, and they're playing. Well, I think what's most interesting is that they're playing Michkov at center. And uh, you know, I'm trying to think of uh, you know, have we seen any undersized uh, offense first wingers tried at center? That any any spring to mind there, Tony, in the last five or six years? Jonathan Drouin. Yeah. Anyways, we'll see. We'll see how this experiment goes, but. It's an interesting uh, experiment because Michkov, based on everything we hear, and you yeah. can tell us more, obviously, both of you gentlemen have seen him a lot more than I have uh, and can break it down. But we're talking about a guy who is a scorer. We're talking about a guy who uh, is not known for his 200-foot play or his defensive play. And now, all of a sudden, he's at center to play somewhat of a 200-foot game. It's very surprising. Guys, would this come at the request of the Philadelphia Flyers, you think, or...? Well, that's a good question because right now, uh, Cutter Gauthier is playing center. The guy they drafted last year. Yeah. Uh, so who knows how they want to put uh, together their top six for the next few years because obviously Philly is rebuilding. Briere, I can tell, has a plan from what he's been doing. They have some big guys in the lineup like uh, Owen Tippett, Tyson Forster. Gauthier is also a big guy. So I think Mishkov is a good fit in that sense because you can't have like too many small players. And um, I, I, I don't know because the guy's going to be here in 2026. They have three years to, to build that team first. So could it, could it be the Philadelphia Flyers request? I don't know. I don't know how much KHL teams listen to NHL teams when it comes to roster management. I'd be, I, don't, I'd be, I don't think they do. I'd be very surprised. I agree, uh, Simon, that I'd be very surprised if... Uh, NHL teams have very no input, I don't think, into what a mm-hmm. KHL team does as far as their roster goes with prospects. They're mm-hmm. uh, they're doing it they're doing it on their own, and uh, I mean it'll be interesting to see. I don't, you know, I was trying to think today of uh, like his faceoff percentage so far hasn't been too bad, but typically, like I can you think of any, you know in the past 20 years, Russian centers that are noted to be f- fabulous face-off guys. Like, I don't think that that's something that that's a skill in Russia that necessarily that, that's you gets that's you. Well, I mean, that's t- maybe 20 years ago. He was, yeah. Uh, yeah. you know, 15 years ago. Yeah. Um, not many, you know, I was looking at stats from the last two years. I never got, you know, 
short notice on this podcast, so I didn't have much time for researching, yeah. but uh, what's this? Yeah. There you go. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> I, I hope that wasn't meant for me, Tony. No, no, it's not meant for you, no. Okay, no. good. Yeah. good. But, 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 Tony, getting back to Mitchkov today, the, the clips that you saw, you know how much I love uh, Mitchkov. You know how I think the Habs sort of drafted him, although uh, I like Ron Bacher. But my point is today, you can't really... You, you can't really base your opinion on Mitchkov based on three on three hockey and friendly matches in August. I mean, this is not the Stanley Cup Finals against the Vegas Golden Knights. I know I understand that it's not, but uh, it, listen, right. I, I, I based my opinion on Mitchkov before the draft. Yeah, you know yeah. That. Look, That's I love number the guy. one. Love number the two, number yeah. two. I mean, I still will get excited when the guy plays a couple of games, and I know that he's not playing versus. Uh, you know, the defending Stanley Cup champions over the past couple of days. But at the end of the day, out of all those players on the ice, the best one was him. I mean, that gets me excited. You know, like if he would be the worst one, I'd be worried. And when he's the best one, I, it's pretty encouraging, don't you think? Uh -huh. Did you see sure. some of the games, Tony? Or uh, just highlights? I, I saw highlights. And it looked well, like... Well, I watched it, the games, and I don't think he was the best player on the ice. Well, he won the MVP of the tournament, Grand Mozitumo. Well, I, you know... Well, Any international tournament in Europe, uh, they look at the who had the most points and say, oh, well, he, well, he won I mean, the tournament. He gets I mean, the MVP. So, I mean, uh, I think Demidov was better in the games I watched. And the kid's a year younger, more than a year younger. So, Yeah, because Mitchkov is playing his 19-year-old season this year. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, because it's a late birthday, so uh, it's yeah, it's one and a half years, maybe almost a year anyway. and a half older. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Demidov's bigger, and I think he's a better skater. Now, uh, Mishkov's shifty. I mean, don't get me wrong with that; he's got great edges and stuff. But his his straight ahead speed, I don't know that he can he can handle the pace uh, defensively at center as an NH like as as a center. And three years developing in, in Russia, again, uh, another thing, you know, how many great Russian uh, defensive centers are there? There's not, you know, that were developed in, in Russia to the age of 24 that came over and were spectacular, you know, even good defensive centers. No, so but if it'll be an interesting experience, experiment to see. It is. You know. It'll if be he another develops. feather in his cap. It'll be another feather in his cap, Granny. He doesn't have to come over to the National Hockey League as a centerman. But no. you know, if he can pick up habits that can make him work on his 200-foot game, it'll even serve him well even as a winger. Will it not at one point? Well, sure. But, you know, did did uh, Juan playing a year, full year at center make him a, a better defensive winger after that? No, but we're going to compare everyone to Drouin now or what? No, but that's the guy that comes to mind. How many guys that have never played center – out of the blue, get asked to freaking to to move to to, no, to no. center. Granted, it, I would, the only I one I can think of in, in recent times is Jonathan Drouin. Yeah, and it I didn't work. I wouldn't bet so, on him being a centerman. I wouldn't bet on him being. No, a centerman. I wouldn't either. And but I think I and I think it might just mix him up. To be honest with you, I like. I mean, it didn't work for Drouin, and I. If it isn't broke, don't fix it. Like I, you know, I just I'm not. 
I'm not sure they're doing the right thing here by by putting him at center, but we'll see. I mean, that's an, it's just an opinion, and it's early. Yeah. What do you? But think he certainly made? he certainly scored. He certainly produced at this tournament. Yeah, yeah. And he made some nice plays. And uh, you know, early good returns. I think he's going to play in SKA this year. Uh oh, there he is. He's back. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't think it can hurt if right. they make him play center. But in Philly, where I think he's a great, he's going to be a great fit. I why? see him as why? yeah. I see him as a why? winner. Why? Well, why because is he of what I mentioned. Philly? Because I mentioned they they, they, they have a, they're going to have a a very Gautier. big top six. You know, they have Gautier, guys like Gautier. Uh, I don't know if Couturier is ever going to be back, but uh, at least you know they have Forster. They have uh, Owen Tippett. So even even though you have a, a shorter guy playing mm -hmm. the wings, he's going to be. Paired up probably, probably with two very strong bodies. So I think I think yeah. Philly was probably one of the best places for him to to play. Uh, for those reasons, let's say he had gone to Arizona. Well, what do you do? You make him play with Logan Cooley. That's that's not a great fit. Clayton Keller. So I, I, I think yeah. that the, the, he, he's been put in a, an absolute uh, great position to succeed, and now it's up to him. Yeah. No, I, I agree with that. Um, and I also think don't think they have a Philly going forward doesn't have a really strong top six, so he's going to get he's going to get prime opportunity. Oh yeah, and I think uh, Goche would be an ideal center for him down the road. Um, you know, will Konechny still be around? It's hard to say, but uh, certainly at this point, he's one of the top six guys that for sure you would have to think. Um, but yeah, I I see Grant, him as a good me, when, you, when you when you scouted Claude Giroux, did he play both positions, wing and center? He played. Uh, I think he played a bit of both, but he was mostly uh, he was mostly on the wing. Yeah, I think he played with Byron. Did he not? Yeah, yeah. I'm just, I'm just trying to find. And Byron out. was a, Byron was a center. Examples he, of, of players who played both and probably you know. Yeah, but but Tony, well, let I mean, me ask you since you're mentioning it. Uh, do you really think that Mishkov? I, I, I know centermen have more value than wingers, but you you seem to be pushing the idea that Mishkov uh, could play center in the NHL. And no, that, no, I'm not pushing and, and that idea at all. No, they, I'm not. I'm not. I, I find it interesting that they put him at center, um, but I wouldn't bet on him being a top line centerman in the National Hockey League. No, I of think, course not. I think he is a. He's a one v one. He's a he's a you know what? I'll dance you in a phone booth type of player. Uh, he will dazzle you. He'll take you on the wing. I, I think he's got uh, I think he's got fifty goals in him as a winger in the National Hockey League. And um, no, but I think it's interesting that he's got this feather in his cap. But I, if I if I had to if I was a betting man right now, I would tell you that I see him as a winger in the National Hockey League. By the way, I see Connor Bedard as a winger too, and Connor Bedard played both as well. He had started yeah. off more as a center. Then we saw him with the World Juniors with Canada as a winger, and we've seen him mostly at wing since then. I think Connor Bedard, when all is said and done, he'll have his best moments in the National Hockey League as a winger. And I think the same thing for uh, for Michkov. I think yeah, like Patrick Kane and uh, Nikita Kucherov, basically. I think the same thing for Shane Wright too. I think oh, yeah. he's going to be. I think he's going to be a winger because he. I, he's not. He's not a very good defensive centerman, and he doesn't win draws, and. Uh, you know, will Michkov develop uh, to, go, to go from never taking face-offs 
you know, if he plays the next three years in, in the KHL against, you know, it's certainly not going to be developing his face-offs like if he was in the NHL. Um, you, you know, does he come to the NHL and, and is he above 50 face-off guy? I'd be shocked. So I, I really think that it's just – it's. Uh, I think in, in a sense they're trying to do this to kind of boost his confidence a bit, you know, to say, look, you know, we're gonna, uh, you're, we're mm-hmm. gonna let you be the guy here for three years because he took a bit of a, took a bit of a kicking in the in the media in in both Russia and and here about you know how good of a teammate is he and yeah. they didn't really you know I, I I published a story with some quotes from a from a from a scout that you know talked that he wasn't very well liked uh, that's why he didn't play for Ska last year they loaned him to Sochi. Uh, it was, he wasn't a good teammate and they didn't want him there. So I think this is them saying, okay, let's, let's try a more positive. Let's welcome him. Let's make him a center. Let's say, okay, you're, you know, we believe in you. We believe that you can play well defensively and that you can be an unselfish player that, that can help us and, and hope that he matures into a player that, you know, mentally uh comes close to matching the the physical skills because he's certainly he's certainly a skilled player. Let's take a look at some of the goals. All right, quick shot blocker side. All right. Not That's much right. defense on that play. No, not much defense on that play. You know. Where's the defenseman? That's Those are pretty good hands. Those are pretty good hands. And and shoddy defense again. Like, look at that. Mm. Like, <laughs> oh, 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 but but you know, like Grant, no, you know, like look at look at the defense. I mean, Connor, Connor Bedard makes people look stupid too. I mean, no, uh, at, at, at the World the Juniors, he went around four guys Tony, like they weren't even there. Yeah, Tony, actually, look at the defenseman on that play. Can they play okay. the clip again? Yeah, let's play the clip. Yeah, like just watch the defenseman four here. And then yeah. uh, when they one show guy, it again here, one guy K gave up on him, and no, the other no, guy but... just watch him. He didn't even put his stick out. No, here he this is the best angle. Look. Yeah, no, he did not put his stick out. You're. But, right. I mean, anyway, all right. This is you not know, the kind of goal take, that he's going to score in the. You got to take that into account, Tony. I mean, it's you know, it it, 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 it he may as well have been playing in a in a in a rookie tournament in, you know, it, it, I think the defensemen defend better at an NHL rookie tournament than I just saw there. So, yeah. I mean, and, and it's highlights like Tony, did you watch a uh, Meech play a game last year? No, nope. like a full only game. Highlights. Only highlights. Well, you I've, know, I, yeah. Only you know, highlights. Well, I don't you even know. Watch them play a game grant either. Well, like, like they watch lots of video at least. And I mean, yeah, I didn't yeah. watch him live either, but I'm just saying like. I don't even know if they watched video. a lot of video, Grant. They didn't want to take a Russian, Grant. You know that as well as I do. Come on, let's put the cards on the table here. They were not taking they a Russian. They didn't want to take that Russian. They did a lot of homework on him and they were they did not like the character. That's what it came down to. They loved uh, Simashev. They loved uh, Butte. They loved, uh, you know, Gou- they wouldn't have taken Gouliev because they already have Hudson. Yeah. But certainly, 
they have nothing bad to say about the kid. They didn't like Mitchkov's character. That it's uh, that's what it came down to. They're building their culture. Whether we agree with it or not, we'll see yeah. how. It, yeah, no, how yeah, it you're right. Out. And only time will tell. We'll find out. The uh, yeah, they better be right though, because um, well, he, he, he he's a highlight real kind of player. You know, like he's a highlight. Like we, we could say whatever we want about defenses. He's a highlight real kind of player. Don't you get that? Like we can agree if, on that that he's a highlight real kind of player. If if all you watch are highlight reels of him, then he's a highlight real player. Yes. Well, you know, there's a lot of guys. He wasn't doing that all game, Tony. You know. Yeah. Snake. But, but Tony, Tony, you know what? You know how Canadian Canadians fans are. Let's let's. This is like a, a very very worst case scenario. Okay. Yeah. Give me the worst case scenario. Yeah, Slavkovsky. Yeah, becomes a good player, like maybe a 50, 60 point player. Useful, you know, is, you know, he's a yeah. six or 240 pound guy. Okay. And uh, Reinbacher becomes a very, very good number two defenseman in the NHL. But so worst Logan case scenario, Cooley, worst case scenario, Slavkowski 60 points and Reinbacher a number two. Yeah, let's say, no, no, but I'll tell you what the worst case scenario is. Okay. Cooley and Mishkov score 90 points each. Okay? Yeah. What happens in five years with Habs fans and um, a columnist and everything? If you have, like, two guys who score 90 points and you have two, let's say, fine players with the Habs, mm -hmm. they're going to go nuts. Well, then you made a mistake. And even if, even if uh, you know, those teams don't have any playoff success and the Canadians do well in the playoffs they'll still say it was a mistake. And even if yeah. those guys are good in the playoffs, because for some reason, regular season point totals are the be-all, the end-all to how good a prospect ends it's up It's because of hockey pools. Well, that's what it is. It, it, I know, and I agree with you completely. I mean, I don't think that's going to happen, but there's a possibility of that. That's why I say that's, it's a worst-case scenario for, for I agree. the Habs, let's say. I yeah. agree. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if, if that materializes, look, guys, when they get it right, they get it right. I have no problem saying they're going to get it right. And if they get it wrong, like if those two guys pick up 90 points each, you're talking about Logan Cooley and Michkov, well, then they got it wrong, guys. So we necessarily wins two cups in five years, but neither of those guys score 90 points in a season. They got it wrong, Tony? Well, it all depends if you think they wouldn't have won the cup with those guys. But, I mean, look, ch chances wow. are if they're going to win a cup, if they're going to win a cup, it's hard to say they got it wrong, right? Because, you know, if those players that, that they drafted are part of a cup win, you know, at that point, and, you know, it's chances well, are they got, they got it, you know, they Tony, did not Tony, get I've it said wrong. it before on your show, and I've said it on other stations wherever I go. I only care about playoff performance. When it comes to judging players. Yes. When, when I look at a player during the year and I scout a player, my question is always the same. How is this guy going to do? In the Stanley Cup Finals, this is all I care about. I don't care about the regular season points uh, where, where you can get like five points at home on a Tuesday night against a weak team in November. I don't, I, I don't, I don't give a crap about yeah, it's, it. It's a, it's a point well taken, yeah. But there's also, yeah. you know what? There's 82 games in a season. Yeah. And there's oh, 41, you got there's 41, take you there's 41 games at home that people want to go watch. And they pay big money to go and yeah. get into the building and watch. They even pay big money for water. Look, Tony. I would have he, taken Mishkov, okay? I hear you. And I've been to Habs. I, so I got you on the Mishkov. podcast tonight. I got you on the podcast to say that. 
Yeah. What, what, <laughs> I would have. I would have. The podcast that 32 minutes later, you say it. Yeah. Yeah. But, but I do realize that team success is what matters in the end. So if a guy like Ron Bacher is, is, is a contributor to a, a, a Stanley Cup contender vis-a-vis a Michkov who scores 50 goals on a Philly team uh, that ends up, you know, tw- uh, 22nd in the standings, then, you know, w- what matters is what are the Canadians going to do? But if the Canadians are still, you know, in in 22nd, 24th place in four or five years, mm-hmm. and Michkov wins the Stanley Cup with 50 goals in Philly, yeah. then that's another story. <laughs> that's right. You see, so I know there are, there are extremes that I'm saying, but it's just that you can't, you can't judge the, the, the drafting on a player just in a, in a nutshell. You have to see uh, 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 things as a whole. No, and no, I'm, no, not no, to, I'm not trying to defend yeah. the Habs here, but I understand the culture they're trying to build. Do I agree? No. Okay, but... but again, I'm not in the office. Yes, but your way of thinking, very respectfully, it's a little bit flawed too. You want me to explain? I'll explain. Yeah, sure. sure. Okay. Gilbert Dion won the Stanley Cup with the Montreal Canadiens in 93. Uh-huh. His brother Marcel never did. Like, what are we going to do? We're going to look at Gilbert's career and say, uh, okay, well, uh, he was on a cup-winning team, and uh, it's a little bit flawed. Come on. It's a little bit flawed, but I'm saying that when you draft... You give me a headache. No. When you draft players, Tony, you're oh. trying to... You have to have a plan, okay? I've always complained in the past oh. that guys like Gainey, Gauthier, Bergevin, they did not have a plan. At least Kent Hughes has a plan. Will it work? Who knows? There's other teams that have a plan, and they have a pretty good plan. Look at the Buffalo Sabres, for instance. Hmm. So you I, don't I, know. You don't know. You, you, being the yeah. best team on a given year, I mean, look at the San Jose Sharks. They were good for 15 years with Doug Wilson. They never won anything. doesn't mean that they were not good. So what I, uh, what I like about Kent Hughes is that he does have a plan, and his plan is to build – uh, a homogeneous team and every draft pick or every top draft pick is built with that in mind. Now, will it work? I don't know. But uh, I understand your Dion comparison. But uh, let's not let's not push it. Gilbert Dion was not a first-round pick. He was not a top-five pick like Runbacker and Slavkovsky. Right. I mean, you know, Slavkovsky's not going to be the next Gilbert Dion. Let's, you know, no. I certainly hope not. Like he's not five ten, uh, you know, uh, one way uh, small winger. But um, this is kind of backfired on you, eh, Tony? You thought you'd be a two on one gang up on me here yeah, today? Yeah, 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 yeah. I was had a pet to chicken though tonight. He, he, he left. <laughs> he left me all alone. I thought it was going to be no, two Tony. Two Tony, one, I'm, I'm repeating one, it again. One v two. Tony, I would have taken Michkov. No, I did not agree with that. <laughs> not picking Michkov. I said it a million times. The guy I'm they took better rational- be five times better than Mark. Right. Look, I'm trying to rationalize it because I do think that Kent Hughes is a smart GM. 100%. I'm just rationalizing it. I don't have to agree with every one of his decisions. Well, he's but a smart GM. He's a smart GM, but he didn't make the pick. He's a smart GM, but he didn't make the pick. Well, look, I mean, uh, they, they had the number, um, uh, they had the number five, five pick. Grant, I, the, I think the, the, he, he, has his, pick. he has his fingerprints all over it. Oh, well, I mean, he, you know, like I said to, on this podcast before, Tony, he, you know, 
uh, both Slavkowski and he saw both Slavkowski and and Reinbacher at the uh, the World Championships at the end of the year. Yeah, he, did. he was at their games every time he got interviewed. It was at games where, you know, two years ago it was with, at games where Slovakia was playing, and this past year it was games where Austria was playing. That's not just a coincidence. He had input. When you're picking top five in the draft and your GM has a chance to see, uh, you know, guys and and see them, he, he's got input in it for sure. Yeah. But I, I agree, it wasn't it, just his Grant, pick. is it safe to say, though, that he went to see that game because uh, Reinbacker was already identified in some of the scouting meetings that was brought to his attention, so he made it a point to say, I got to go see that player? Well, of course, there's a hierarchy yeah. there, and you have, yeah. you know, you, you have regional scouts identify guys. It was the same thing with Marty. He went to see him because the, the European guys identified him as a – good prospect and they, and Bob Rev went and saw him and and uh, then the big guy did at the end of the year but I have no doubt whatsoever that he had some input on it but it was a team it, so, you know yeah. it was a it, but yeah, one thing I can tell you is that not drafting Michkov was pretty much his decision who can't use I don't think so I think oh, you're yeah. wrong I think I, you're wrong I, no no, I think Hold I'm right. Hold on a second. Let me explain to you my reasoning, okay? Okay, go ahead. All right, and then you explain to me yours. Mm-hmm. So they have the meetings, like Grant says. Reinbacker is brought to his attention. Chances are he hasn't seen Reinbacker before he's brought to his attention. Reinbacker is brought to his attention. He makes a point of duty of contention. He goes out and he watches and he goes to watch Reinbacker, okay? He saw if, him at the World Juniors, Tony. Yeah. Too. Yeah, if the so scouts right, if the scouts would have said Michkov, I think some way somehow he would have tried to see Michkov or been interested in him. For me, that he passed, it's because the scouts, and you'd have to think Bobrov is the one who's the most connected, obviously, to Russia and to Scott. You'd have to think that what Bobrov heard, Bobrov didn't like, and Bobrov told. Can't use. We're not touching this guy with a ten foot pole because of this is what I heard, or this is what I heard, and then you decide whether we touch him or not. But so, oh. so I disagree with you when you say that Kent Hughes is the one who passed on Michkov. In my, even though he's the GM and he's got final word, in my opinion, the decision based on all the information he had was pretty much already made for him. Okay. Let, let, let's just, uh, obviously he, he, he didn't meet Mitchkov personally during you know the season, so mm. obviously he had to have input from someone. It could be his own contacts, it could be Bobrov, it could be a combination of both. But my point is, he's the decision maker. He can choose to not listen to these guys and say, "Look, I want the future fifty goal scorer. I don't care about his character issues." Let's look, not, look at yeah. look, look just to make a parenthesis. You know that the, there's a Johnny Manziel documentary on Netflix right now. Yes, yes. Oh, okay, there there were tons of red flags about his character. Lots of teams passed on him, even the Dallas Cowboys who could have taken him. But then the Browns knew for a fact that he had character issues. The guy was had a hangover on his, uh, uh, you know, on this uh, on the day that he was meeting the Browns. They took him anyway. So, so even though Kent Hughes has a, had a lot of information about Michkov's character, he could have said, you know, I, I don't care. We're taking the guy. 
and he chooses not to. Once the guy chooses not to take Michkov, then the scouts have to move on to other options. Grant, go ahead. Yeah. But let's not forget that six teams passed on Michkov too. The next team was Arizona, and they passed on him, and they took a Russian. So it wasn't like just uh, it was information that, okay. you know, that only Bob Rob or whatever got. Great point. Okay. Let me counter it by saying this. Um, everyone knows it was a risky pick because he's a Russian and he's got a three-year contract. There's the risk that he could extend his contract. There's the risk that they could have did all kinds of stuff with him. Oh, yeah, you want to leave? Yeah, boom. We'll sit you on the bench and you're not going to play. And then all of a sudden, unless you sign on the dotted line, and then he signs and then he extends, okay? I can understand teams two, three, four passing on him because we're talking about players who are probably not in the same bracket in terms of elite talent, but are supposedly our surefire picks according to most, okay? According to most. At number two, number three, and number four. Fantilli being one, and uh, and Leo Carlson being the other, and uh, Will Smith being the other. But, you know, when you say uh, Arizona passed on him, and, uh, I mean, we're not talking about the model company, model organization in the world here when we talk uh, about the no, Coyotes. No. I mean, uh, I'm sorry, but their GM's noted as one of the best scouts in the business, yeah. Armstrong. Yeah. He's, okay. uh, he's highly respected in the industry. And, uh, you know, since he's been there, I think he's done a good job. I, I like what they're doing. They're not hurrying things. I know. Three years from now, Arizona's going to be at the top of it. I, I have little doubt about that. They're going to be at the top. And, 20, uh, you know. it, the, I mean, Andre Tournier has input, too. You yeah. Know? Yeah. No, no. You respect no, no. Andre's opinion? Yeah, yeah very much. Very I much. do, too. Uh, so, I mean, those two guys, I don't, <laughs> you know, I think it's quite telling that they took a Russian, took two Russians with top 12 picks, and, and neither of them were Michkov. Anyway, it's and up to him, right? He's He's got the ability to, to to make a lot of people look bad here. He's got that ability, well, but he, it could backfire, and then, you know, two, three, four, five, and six, and whatever, they could all be right, you know? I honestly think he could be the next Yakupov. Like, even what I saw the last three games whoa, here, whoa. I don't I don't. I don't. He doesn't. Over, he doesn't blow me away like he does. Like like with all due respect to Seymour, I don't project a guy that's going to be able to. I don't. He's not super fast. He's not big. He's not. He's not. Uh, I. I wouldn't call him a gritty player. Um, he's going to have problems dealing with NHL in the playoffs, especially. I just don't picture this guy being a, an impact NHL playoff player. I, I I mean I could be wrong, but I think the teams didn't just pass on him because they had character concerns. They they uh there you know I did, I talked to a lot of scouts about him. We talked to him all all year about the kid, and um I don't you know there's no guarantee that this kid's going to be a eighty point scorer uh, or or a playoff performer. I think that that's that's definitely, uh, you know, if if everything turns out perfectly. But, you know, to think that he might be a 100-point scorer every year and lead a team to a cup or, you know, even to contention in the playoffs, I, I, I don't see that. And I think that's probably why 
he wasn't it, mainly the main reason why he wasn't a top a top seven or top six pick but you know that's that's my opinion i knew it was going to be an interesting podcast today but to the point where you would say that you know you think he could be the next yakupov even you surprised me grant well, set a pen, well, set a pen, say something i can name 10 russian players that were picked top 10 in the past 20 years that ended up that, that ended up being bus there was lots of them yakupov's one of them filatov's another one the yeah. kid Chistov, Anaheim, and he's very similar to those guys. He really is. Yeah. Dynamic as hell when he was uh, 16, 17 years old, but I don't see his game translating to being a dominant NHL scorer. The kid, the kid uh, Jeff Gordon drafted with the Rangers. I don't think he has that intestinal fortitude. I really don't. Yeah, the kid and Jeff Gordon we'll drafted with the Rangers is another one. Who hasn't yeah, panned sure. yet. Yeah, right. He hasn't panned out yet. You know? I, I mean, a, a few have uh, like Kaprizov. You know, there's uh, there's been some exceptions to that. Uh, obviously, Kucherov and and others, but they weren't. <laughs> you know, there's been a lot of guys picked in the top ten that uh, it, the Russians. I, I put a list up a month or two back. Yeah, and I sent it to a couple scouts, and it was like, yeah, exactly. You know, uh, the m- vast majority of Russian forwards that have been picked in the top 10 in the last 20 years did none of them overachieved none so let's uh, play uh, if if we can and uh, i'm with grant mccagg of course of recruits and recruits.ca subscribe to his uh to his magazine they now have monthly uh you can subscribe monthly with monthly look at that at 249 199 or 399 a month you got all kinds of montreal canadians nhl draft coverage at 399 uh, it's 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 a can't miss really. And Simo, the snake, I call him Userpent Boisvert. If we can show the defensive play from Michkov, show the defensive play from Michkov. All right. Look at this. Look at that. Ah, huh? ah. Huh? He defends like Reinbacher. Did you see that? Did you see that snake? Huh? <laughs> oh, Look yeah. at that. Highlight right. reel. There's a highlight reel uh, defensive play, Tony. And who wins the MVP? Show it. Show it. Who wins the MVP? Show it. <laughs> look at that look shaking everyone's hand looking at them in the eyes nice handshake a smile for the camera uh poses i don't see any i don't see any bad attitude there i don't see any character look at it look even said thank you I can tell. He said, he said, thank you thank you he said yeah i mean to, to smile when you win an mvp that's that shows a lot of character for sure i think that that you know Hey, for sure, Tony. There's a lot of people that frown and are upset, and they remove their medals after competitions. You know, like so. Leah uh, Anderson. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. I hear you. Hey, Snake. Uh, I want to thank you for doing this. You and Grant. Every time we get you guys together, there's uh, there's fireworks for sure. And uh, <laughs> we went through an entire podcast, and you didn't even bring up uh, Quinton Musty. He scored a nice uh, rebound. He scored a nice rebound goal uh, in the uh, World Juniors. Summer showcase there, and yeah. I thought to myself, "There's a future superstar." I think NHL teams. <laughs> I think yeah, NHL yeah, teams. Grant, Grant the boat on that. But Grant, how was the defending on the play? Make sure you break down the way they defended, okay? Because if the defending <laughs> wasn't very good, if the player didn't stick out his stick, then the goal doesn't yeah. mean anything. Tony, believe it or not, they play they play uh, hockey with two nets. 
Yeah, yeah, they definitely do play hockey yeah. with two nets. You're right about that. Yeah. Two goalies, too. <laughs> hey, guys, thanks so much for doing this. We'll talk to you soon. I hey, appreciate it. Bye-bye. Thanks, See you guys. All right, there you have it. Grant McCagg and Simo the Snake Boisvert. Once again, Grant McCagg, who co-hosts a show right here on the Sick Podcast Network with Sick Media. It is the Sick Recruits Draft Cast. They already have one where he says, Dimidov is better than Michkov, and a second to drop pretty soon. I'm going to let you go, but not before I talk to you about Murphy Clinic, an aesthetic clinic specializing in medical aesthetic care. They offer permanent laser hair removal, as well as a wide range of treatments for skin problems such as acne, rosacea, fine lines, and more. They currently have two clinics, one located in Montreal, Shop Angus, and the other one on the uh, North Shore in Tarban. They're also opening soon in Quebec Cité. Visit murphyclinic.ca or on Instagram at murphyclinic. If you are watching on YouTube, I want to thank you very much. Like it, share it with your friends. Comment sick, S-I-C-K, S-I-C-K, S-I-C-K. And if you're going to check us out on Apple and listen to us, leave us a five-star review. Why? Because I deserve it. One spritz. Two spruits. For Agnello and Sammy at Master Control, they're Cavallaro. And Shane Gomo, I'm... Marinaro. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast with Tony Marinaro on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. The Sick Podcast is brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Driven to be different. La Vida TV. Embrace your true nature. And Playground. Your premier gaming destination.